0: This is For People with Bishop Rob Wright. Hello, everyone. This is Bishop Rob Wright, and this is For People, which is our podcast in the Diocese of Atlanta. Today we have as our guest a member of the Georgia House of Representatives from District 82, Representative Mary Margaret Oliver. Mary Margaret, welcome. Welcome.
1: Good afternoon. Thank you for the invitation. So glad
0: you're here. Uh, If you don't know, uh, Mary Margaret is a native Georgian from DeKalb County. Uh, Her undergrad is from Vanderbilt. Her law degree is from Emory, and she continues to practice law in Decatur. She has served both as a state senator and as a member of the Georgia House of Representatives, and she once ran for lieutenant governor. Currently, she sits, now get this, currently she sits on the House of Appropriations, I'm sorry, House Committees for Appropriations, Judiciary, Governmental Affairs, Juvenile Justice, one that's particularly close to my heart, and Science and Technology Committees. She has been honored by many groups and has received lots of, in my opinion, deserved recognition. But she is also, if you didn't know this, she is also a member of All Saints Episcopal Church, in Midtown Atlanta, where, I'm delighted to say, uh, she teaches Sunday school. <laughs> <laughs> a tall, a tall order, and all of that, a tall order. So, Mayor Margaret, let's just get to it. I, here, here's a question where, where I like to start off it. How has your faith, and you've been a longtime member of, of, of All Saints, uh, how has your faith helped you and guided you as a public servant?
1: I'm a lifetime member of All Saints, and the, actually there are four members of the General Assembly who are members of All Saints, which is makes us very interesting. Faith and All Saints particularly are very important to me, very important to me in the public arena. There's so many blessings about that community. Um, in the 60s, Ralph McGill and Judge Albert Tuttle were on the vestry, and I have uh, when I'm at the Capitol, I think about those gentlemen and the history of Georgia and, and how I'm tied to them in a certain way through all Saints. I also listen to the devote. you were one of our uh, preachers that gave us a devotional. I listen to the devotion in the morning and really think about when I'm there, I really listen and think about what are they saying that may be different from all Saints. And many of them, it's not unusual, For them to quote Book of Micah 6.8, which calls upon us to do justice, to uh, love kindness, and walk humbly. The justice part of that direction uh, has different voices in the General Assembly. I mean, I believe it's justice that we have no death penalty, and others believe that justice demands a death penalty. Kindness in that environment is hit and miss. There's there's many personal kindnesses offered. Some many many sincere and many not sincere. It's the humility where I think we stumble the most, frankly. So I think a lot about that, and I think about um, All Saints a great deal, and my uh, co-parishioners, Elena Parent and Matthew Wilson, and I still count Ed Lindsay um, sure. as part of our crowd. So it's an important part of that, the all the different kind of paths of my life, how they converge in many ways in the state capitol.
0: You sort of answered my next question, which is is there a Bible image or a Bible story or a Bible verse? Uh, but but certainly doing justice and being kind and walking humbly with God to, to really hold that up as a North Star. As you get into the business of rough, rough and tumble politics, uh, that's that's a that's a high bar to be to, to keep yourself aligned with, right?
1: It's a very high bar. And um, when we talk about justice and we have differences of opinion, which of course we do, how do you bridge that? Uh, the values of uh, the justice discussion are. are are very engaging to me. You know, I'm a lifetime lawyer as well as being a cradle. I got yeah. I started practicing law at 23, you know, and <laughs> wow, the fact that I'm still in various fights uh, for justice is, is an important part of one of the paths. Justice is in the eye of the beholder in our divided society, and it's a fascinating dialogue that I really try to think about in a positive way. Yeah. Well, in, in
0: some ways, this tees up the next question. So 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 given that North Star and, and given your personal accountability to that Bible verse, um, you know, I wonder what concerns you most. I mean, you, you've been a state senator, a member of the House of Representatives, you have run for lieutenant governor, you, you've, you've put forward lots of legislation. You've been a co-signer on legislation. What, what concerns you most about where we are in the state of Georgia right
1: now? I think from the beginning through now it's people's attitudes towards politicians is pretty weak uh, they, we don't have a positive image we We earn our bad images we earn our bad uh, we earn our demerits uh, in a hundred different ways but it's discouraging to me um, i was I th- just as an example I'm, I'm just kind of shocked the things that people will say to me. Um, I was on a golf tee being introduced to somebody out to play golf on a sunny afternoon and join myself. I was introduced as a member of the General Assembly. We just kind of forced them put together. He looked right at me, smiled and said, how's the graft business going? And I <laughs> thought, you know, I think he really, I don't know what he thought. But uh, well, it, it's problematical that we... Uh, Don't have enough uh, positive energy towards politics. What's encouraging is that uh, I'm seeing a lot of new talent. When you talk about hope for Georgia, I'm really very encouraged after a very long political career to see new talent. Whether you work in an IBM or Coca Cola, it's the people of talent that make a difference. The people with energy and conviction and talent. And one of the things that keeps me going down there um, is is I'm very, very impressed. Uh, not often enough, but I am impressed frequently with raw talent of people, raw energy, raw passion. That's a positive. And at the same time, I, I think some of the things I witness is pretty jaw-dropping discouraging.
0: This is Bishop Rob Wright, and this is four people with Representative Mary Margaret Oliver. Thank you for listening to Four People. To first-time listeners, we encourage you to subscribe. For all updates, you can follow Bishop Wright on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. And now back to Four People. Welcome back. We're with uh, Representative Mary Margaret Oliver. B- before we move to some of the legislation, specifics about some of the legislation, I, I, you, you really got my me thinking now. Uh, name for me some of the features of this talent. What, what, you know, if you had to sort of click on that, what are the, what are some of the constituent parts of this talent? Because I'm intrigued, especially if someone is young and listening and may want to sort of give their life to public service, uh, what do you call talent?
1: Well, let me, let me talk about two people. This is an example, and there are many, there are many. But one is Matthew Wilson, uh, who goes to all sites, and the other is B. Wynn. Uh, both of them are freshman legislators from the metro area, who um, are native Georgians, although B is a a family, a Vietnamese refugee family, and uh, Matthew is from Griffin. They both are super smart, super relentless in their, in in the way they've grown and focus on substance. Um, They both are wonderful communicators. It's an energy and a focus on substance. It's the ability to communicate, and it's it's a passion for what you're doing, and when I see certain um, folks come out and just wow, pe- wow me, I'm I'm just grateful. I just want to stand up and applaud. And Matthew Wilson and B. Win uh, are two examples, and they, and and they're also examples of people with unique stories. I yeah. I'm pretty fascinated by the diversity of the crowd down the Capitol. I mean the. The guys in charge are white men, uh, but uh, this this freshman crowd, uh, and Kim Jackson, of course, you, you spoke with her. She's an example of the diversity. Um, B. Wynn, a child of a refugee boat person from Vietnam. Uh, Matthew Wilson, uh, a young gay man who's running statewide for insurance commissioner, their first statewide candidate. Uh, I'm wowed by... Talent of communication, intelligent, passion, and in the political world, and I doubt if it's very different at Home Depot or IBM, there's also, you got to have a right amount of ambition. Your ambition has to be appropriate for you, your time, and your environment. And making that judgment of where is my ambition being used well is very interesting to watch.
0: You know that's fascinating we we we've also started a podcast for the House of Bishops and boy, I tell you a lot of house of, a lot of the members of the House of Bishops could do well to hear that little that little riff you just did right there That's well done um, you mentioned kim Kim Jackson, who's an Episcopal priest of the diocese also a state senator uh, we've had her on uh, to talk a little bit about uh, voting legislation recent votes, voter uh, legislation We've had Governor Kemp on, also a member of the Episcopal Church, to talk a little bit about. His viewpoint about signing that into law, and now you 're sort of the third installment and what we know is is that the gospel is political, but the gospel is not partisan so we we sort of think of ourselves here as a fair space we want to have fair conversations we 're not here to do anybody's uh, carry anybody 's water or to uh, to amplify anybody 's talking points but I want to get your perspective, having heard from Governor Kemp and having heard from Kim Jackson, I want to get your perspective on the voter legislation that was recently pla- uh, placed, uh, passed excuse me, in Georgia, which has become national news.
1: Georgia's been the focus of national news for a while and will continue to be so. And I think almost most of it, not all of it, is a very positive image. Um, yes. The... Um, I've been on the Government Affairs Committee, which has been the locus, the, the committee for election law for a decade. And so I've watched this transition and um, to make the election um, law more and more technical, more and more based on a variety of changing technologies, a variety of partisan uh, efforts and um a new and different and successful ways to engage people voting. Um, let's start with the good news about the 202. Uh, there is some good news there. We protect uh, no-excuse absentee ballot. We protect, in some ways, early voting. And we eliminated the exact match signature quote-unquote verification no court, um, I've, I've done election law in my, in my long political career, voting rights litigation, and um, no court in the United States has upheld exact match. So uh, for the right reasons, they have. They nobody sure. should be. And so moving to some new form of ID verification is a logical step. There's going to be a necessity that we who want to continue the growth of a Political engagement by the the pure act of voting are going to have to go forward to find IDs for people who don't have IDs who don't have driver's license. I've asked the question many times. I get no answer for it. Maybe you know, Bishop. How many eighteen year olds have a driver's license with a picture on it from Georgia? What percentage? Your teenagers did they all get driver's license at age eighteen by age eighteen? Um three out of four. Well, that's about the percentage of, um, that, that I'm afraid there may be as high as 25% of 18 to 20 year olds that don't have a picture ID. Okay. The Emory picture ID is not good enough. Um, the Morehouse picture ID, the, it, it's a, it's a, it's a small number of IDs that are good enough Yeah. for those young people. And then of course the people on the margins, the The homeless people, the people coming out of prison, it's been a long-time issue in a variety of ways. I worked on how do you get a picture ID. Um, For me, my driver's license got suspended without notice to me because of a data entry different of birth dates. The feds had me, Social Security had a birthday different from my driver's license. And um, I had to go to South Carolina to get my birth certificate certified. And I had to convince social security that my certified birth certificate was my certified birth certificate, which was a bad hour of my day. Wow. And, um, so it cost, I think about $30 and a lot of energy. And I was a state representative and a lawyer.
0: To say my nothing of time. At, my
1: mother at age 91 did not have a photo ID. She'd been a member of all saints 50 years. She'd lived in her same house for 50 years. Um, she had voted. She voted for me regularly.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> she um, she did not have a hadn't had a driver's license at ninety and twenty five years and never had a passport. She how could I have gotten a voter picture ID for her? I mean, I could have, but yeah. um, so the ID issue, the three hundred thousand Georgians—that's a guess—that don't have photo IDs, and all those eighteen-year-olds. Uh, We've just got to go get them a voter ID, a photo ID. That's all there is to it. The big problems with the bill that I'm most worried about is the elimination of provisional voters, votes, election. You know, you go to the 20,000 people voted provisionally. They went to the wrong precinct, but they were allowed to vote anyway. Right. And uh, that's 20,000 votes. That's a lot of votes that we're eliminating. Of course, the most dramatic change is the ability of the election board to take over a county election. Well, that's what, I,
0: that's what I hope you'll do a deep dive on because, you know, as, from a layperson's uh, viewpoint here in, in the world of politics and legislation, that seems to, to me to be concerning.
1: It's very concerning to me. Secretary of State is the state election officer, and he oversees and manages uh, 159 counties of local, 500 cities and 159 counties have local elections. But he's the guy we elect, and we have in this 202 have taken away his authority and given to an election board the right to take away the right of DeCab and Fulton, and that's who we're talking about here. I mean, we had a real dust up with Gwinnett over exact match signatures and language, and and but it was it's really DeCab and Fulton, and it's really Fulton. Um, I don't think that the voters of Fulton want. Uh, and, and the, the Trump interv- interventions directly and personally in Georgia between November and uh, January 20th or, or case study one where yeah. uh, outside influences on a pure partisan basis. The General Assembly is not the best entity to take away the power of Fulton County election board. So I would say that's worrisome. The, the lawsuits are going to proceed. Um, the census gerrymandering is going to proceed. Uh, Has, have uh, lawsuits been filed reformed.
0: already? Have, have you, is, is there re- have been
1: filed. Six yes, lawsuits okay. have been filed. Um, they, here, this is kind of a moving target on a day to day basis. Uh, I hear they've been, some of them consolidated with judge below, who is a Decatur guy, uh, appointed during the Trump administration, a very capable federal judge. Um, and these are all new issues. Um, we've had a lot of litigation over voter ID, but we haven't had litigation in this precise way that we have in Georgia. And we've never had litigation that I know, certainly not in Georgia over these takeover provisions or the elimination yes. of the provisional votes. Um, the, the, um, it's interesting to me, and I say this to my Republican friends, you're voting against something your constituents like. The drop box and the ability to do it outside uh, in the sunshine after the offices have closed, people like that. Colorado, and I pushed for this, one successfully in some of our earlier discussions, Colorado allows you to drive by your precinct and election officials outside your precinct will physically take your ballot. It's a separate kind of drive by. Thing.
0: Yeah,
1: um, people like the ease of voting; they like it. Yes. And this bill is changing a lot of things towards the negative. It's going to be litigated, and our strength—our uh, strength—speaking for myself—is the ability to get new people engaged, new people voting through the kinds of grassroots, uh, door-to-door that uh, Stacey Abrams and Fair Fight have been so successful doing.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the positive things that has been in the news. And, uh, and I hope that whether you're right or, or or left or red or blue, it would excite every American is that more people got registered to vote and participated in this election than ever before.
1: The I think, runoff election yeah. on January 5th is a jaw dropper in terms yeah. of participation.
0: Yeah. And and again, uh, for the, for the people who think, and I happen to be one who think that uh, anything we can do to include people in the democratic process is a good thing you you got to celebrate that we got more people uh, out to polls and and other uh, instruments to get uh, get themselves uh, uh, into this great gift that we have uh, called uh, uh, democracy and voted um you know one of the things that that uh, we were talking about just before we started recording was that you have worked with republicans and democrats for your, for your entire time. So, so talk about some of the legislation that you are really excited about that are, that are making Georgia, I think, more open, uh, more democratic, more kind, more just, uh, and, that, and maybe even talk about some of the legislation that you've been able to figure out uh, in terms of bipartisanship.
1: One of the questions people ask me frequently walking around this, this reflects some of the negativity out there is how can you stand to go down there with those people? Ask right. me that. And I right. say all the time, I really like some of those people that vote badly. I mean, um, I've been very, very blessed to have, uh, fr- genuine friendships across the aisle with many different people. Um, who are smart, who are relentless in what they think, and who are willing to work hard on tough issues. I look look for that and then I'm ready to sit down with them. Both uh, Nathan Deal and um, Sonny Perdue were of course, former Democrats and uh, Nathan Deal was my first juvenile court judge forever ago in Hall County. And Sonny and I were part of the Senate leadership team when um, I was there. The legislation with those gentlemen that I was able to work on are just examples. Um, Nathan Deal was always interested in court justice and criminal justice reform, and um, there are so many issues there that are important. Uh, citizen, repeal of citizens' arrest obviously is one of them. We, the issue that uh, of what is the right kind of probation oversight for people. Georgia's way out of line in the number of people that we try to put on probation. The direction of developing the drug courts and the accountability courts has been enormous savings to the taxpayer and benefit to the accused. The issue that I'm struggling with is you and I have been talking about this for a while, um, relates to what we do about 17-year-olds. Georgia is one of three states left that prosecute 17-year-olds as adult for all criminal offense. There are about 6,000 17-year-olds arrested every year. Two-thirds of them, more than two-thirds, are misdemeanants. And uh, we are very much an outlier on um, giving them a permanent arrest record, a permanent mugshot. And that bill, moving 17-year-olds into the juvenile court system, which is instead of the adult criminal system, uh, did pass the House this year and passed out of Senate committee. So it got further this year than it ever has. I went to a bill signing this week with Governor Kemp and my Republican and Democratic colleagues on foster care and adoption. Uh, that's been a, every year uh, throughout my entire career. Those are That's an appropriate focus for us and Georgians. The ten to 20,000 children that come in and out of the foster care system every year have to be a high priority for us. Um, We don't do a good enough job for them. Um, They do not have good results based on being in our foster care system. The research is that even if their family is struggling and even if their family doesn't provide everything, the research shows the child's better with their family, that, that community so those are issues that I appreciate working on. I've also carried a lot of business legislation, a lot of legislation, small and medium, or sometimes big, occasionally. How does our system treat our corporations? Are they fair? Fairly treated? Are they? Are we too generous to them? Um, do we put too much emphasis on our tax policies of tax get? Uh, giveaways, and I've I've been very grateful to have a lot of different opportunities. Uh, another bill that I've really enjoyed working on, I'm on the Altamaha Riverkeeper bill. Is the, what do we do about coal ash? The environmental issues have a great opportunity for bipartisan uh, work, and coal ash and the hundreds of tons of coal ash and what it's doing to our water tables. Yeah. And, uh, these issues are what keep me coming back.
0: Yeah and my goodness and you know uh, you, i would say you, you're the poster child for resilience <laughs> <laughs> and determination because you know th- you know uh, some of the folks won't be able to see your face as i'm seeing your face now but i see a smile on your face even as you're talking about these really hard things which take a long time and sometimes many failures to get done
1: that doesn't mean i don't occasionally have a fit and get mad at people down there but I do appreciate. I do. I am grateful for the opportunity to talk about these issues with you today, but also in that building where people do have power if they want to, to make improvements in the lives of Georgians.
0: Well, that that sort of brings me to the to, to my last question, because, you know, when I think about you and I think about your 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 knowledge and your vast experience. I I think about a lot of us who are listening and we want to get involved. We care. We want to figure out how we can partner with God and partner with others who want to do justice and who want to live kindly and all that sort of stuff. So, so where would you tell people who are, who are energetic and interested and enthusiastic? How would you, where would you channel those good things? Where would you tell us to begin?
1: There's so many wonderful new opportunities to do exactly that. Um, because of the diversity of the issues in the Capitol, because of the uh, creation of an internet online direct uh, communication with the people, you can watch every single committee member meeting uh, of our General Assembly. Everything is live, everything is accessible online. So you decide what you want to work on. Let's assume it's the environment. There are a half dozen environmental groups down there, Sierra Club. Uh, Altamaha River Georgia Water Coalition, just as examples, you know, you it takes twenty seconds to Google their legislative briefs, their online discussions of issues. I really though love for people to physically come down to that building. You know, even though I'm a native Georgian, I had never walked into that building till I was thirty years old. Yeah, and it's a it's a pretty fascinating place. The online stuff can give you infinite amount of information, where to go, when to be there, who to write, who your folks are, but just physically going down there, hanging out and staring at us and watching the behaviors, the good and the bad behaviors is something I think is a great part of citizenship.
0: Yeah. And there it is. I mean, and, and how faith and citizenship go together, right. To make this country, a more just, a more kind, and more accessible democracy for all of us. I mean, that is ultimately the point. Uh, I want to just say thank you to you for making time and sharing your wisdom and your knowledge with us. Uh, brothers and sisters, we have had the good fortune of being able to talk to our sister, Representative Mary Margaret Oliver. Mary, thank
1: you. Thank you, Bishop.